Well, good morning, church. I hope that you're all having a great morning. Uh, this morning, I'm not going to take up too much of your time because I know that it is supposed to be an absolute scorch of a day and the beach is calling and we need to get there before it gets too hot. And so uh, before that, uh, I just want to share with you something that uh, I believe God has put on my heart this morning. And I believe that it's going to encourage you. And I believe that uh, if we can implement this in our lives, that uh, it can only improve our walk with Jesus. And this morning, we're going to look at uh, the story of Elijah in the Bible. We're going to open up our Bibles to 1 Kings 17. And so if you have your Bible there, uh, I encourage you to open it up. If not, uh, our, on, our wonderful uh, whiz tech guys are going to put it up on the screen in front of my face. And so you can read along as I read it. But as I was reading this story and as I was preparing for uh, the message this morning... There were just a few things about Elijah's life that just jumped off the page to me. And I believe God was revealing it to me and, and teaching me. And so this morning, as I, as I speak to you, I, I speak out of what God is just teaching me. And uh, what I believe he is showing me that is going to, uh, that I need to implement in my life. And so it's just an encouragement to you. And I pray that uh, this morning you are encouraged. You may feel challenged, but uh, that's all right because challenges only make us stronger. And so uh, this morning... As I speak, uh, I'm just going to believe that God is going to move in your heart and in your life. And before we, we read the word, I'm going to pray and I uh, just believe that God is going to speak this morning. So, Lord God, we come before you. Lord God, and right now I just step out of the way. Lord God, I pray that this morning my words are your words, that you will impact our lives, Jesus. And as we look at the life of Elijah in the Bible and we look at how he lived his life and who he was, Lord God, I pray that we will learn from him, that we will learn the lessons that you have for us this morning, and that we can implement them in our walk going forward, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for your love. Lord God, we thank you that it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. You love us. You care for us. You have a plan and a purpose for us, Jesus. And we declare that this morning. And I speak that over every person listening that. You have a purpose for their life. You have a plan for their life, Jesus. And Lord God, we thank you so much for who you are. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, church, we're going to open up to 1 Kings verse 17. And it starts by this. We're introduced to Elijah. And it says, now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, surely, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kereth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kereth Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little, cup, a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too. 
But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. It sounds a little bit like my car the other day, but that's a story for another time. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Church, I want to pause there for a moment. Because as I was reading this and as I was studying for today's message, I picked up on a pattern. And it's that pattern that Elijah was living by that I want to draw our attention to this morning. And I want to encourage you. And I want to uh, just focus on that pattern. Because I believe if we can implement this pattern in our life, then it will only improve our journey and our walk with Jesus. So we're going to go back to verse 2. And we're going to look at the first step of this pattern. And it says this, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by the Kerith brook, near where it enters the Jordan. The first step of this pattern, church, is the instruction. We see God giving Elijah an instruction. The second step to this pattern that Elijah was living by is in verse 5 when it says this, So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kerith brook east of the Jordan. The second step, church, this pattern is obedience. We see this when it says Elijah did as the Lord told him to do. And then the third step to this pattern, straight after we see the instruction We see Elijah's obedience to the instruction. We see the provision and the miracle of God. When it says in verse 6, The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. Again, moving into the next section of this chapter, it says, Then the Lord said, Go and live in the village of Zarephath. We see the instruction from the Lord. Then in verse 10, we see the obedience From Elijah when it says, so he went to Zarephath. Straight after we see the provision, we see the miracle. When it says, but this is what the Lord of God of Israel says, there will be, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. And we see that as we read on, we see that she had food. They had food until the time came when the crops grew again. And it's this pattern, church, that I want us to focus on this morning of instruction, obedience, and provision. Because I believe that so often we want the the third step to this pattern. We want the provision. We want the miracle in our life. But there are two steps before it. We need to hear the instruction. We need to hear the call of God. We need to hear the voice of God and what He's calling us to do. Then we need to be obedient. And I want us to look at Elijah right now, because if we want to implement this pattern in our lives, then these are the things that we need to live by. These are the things that we need to do. You see, Elijah was a man who heard the voice of God. How can we implement these patterns? We need to first be people who hear the voice of God. 
Are we hearing the voice of God clearly so that when he instructs us and tells us where to go, we know where we need to be? Or is the voice of God being drowned out by the things around us? Where is our focus this morning, church? Where is your focus? Are you focusing on the voice of God who is giving you the instructions? Or are we focused on other things of this world? Are we focused on other things in our life that we are missing the instruction? God is always talking. God is always giving us the next move, whether it is he's calling us to stay where we are, whether he has us where we need to be, or whether he is calling us to the next step, whether he's calling us out. Are we hearing the instruction? You know, in the NFL, in American football, it's sometimes the longest and most boring game. But what I find interesting is before every single play, the team gathers around and the quarterback gives them the instruction for the next play. Why does the quarterback give them the instruction? Because when they set up, the quarterback sees the field. He sees everything. He sees the play. He sees the defense. And he knows what to do. So he calls the play. The people in the offensive line can only see what's directly in front of them, which is usually a massive dude's face right there. That's all they can see. But the quarterback sees the play. He sees the field. And I was talking to... A great friend once, and he was telling me he actually played in the NFL, and he was telling me about these plays, and they call them the audible. And what will happen is the, they'll, they'll gather in, and the quarterback will give them the play, and then they'll break, and they'll go into their, into their formation, and the quarterback will see the defensive line make a move. They might switch. They might do something. And all of a sudden, the quarterback will call the audible and the team knows that they're not doing the play that they had called in the huddle. But now they are moving to this audible play and that they are, they are no longer uh, doing that first play. And so if the team isn't hearing the voice of the quarterback clearly, then they aren't going to know the instruction from the quarterback. The quarterback sees what's in front. He makes the call. If they don't hear it, the play falls apart. And that's so often in our life. Are we hearing the voice of the quarterback? And in this scenario, yes, Jesus, the Lord, is the quarterback. He sees the field. He sees the play. He sees what's coming at us. He sees what's attacking us. And he calls us and he gives us the instruction. Church, are we being people who hear the voice of God and hear the instruction of God. That's the first step to the pattern that we need to implement into our life. We need to hear the voice of God. The second one is that Elijah lived a life of obedience to the Lord. We see this in this first section of this story. As soon as the instruction was given, Elijah went. Are we being people who are living a life of obedience to the instruction? Are we being obedient to the Lord? It's hard. I'm not standing here this morning and saying that being obedient to, to what God is calling us to do is an easy thing. And it's just easy to drop everything and just move into what God is calling us to. Sometimes he calls us out of our comfort zone. He calls us into the unknown. And the instruction seems very difficult. But we need to be people who are hearing the instruction and living an obedient life. D.L. Moody says this, There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. 
Oswald Chambers says this, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. How do, why, why could Elijah be so obedient to the Lord? The Lord was calling him to these places and he just left. It was because he, he was in a relationship with God. He knew who God was. He had faith and he had trust in God that he would always provide for him his every need. And so that he could be obedient and he could go exactly where God was calling him to go. It says this in, in the Bible, it says, faith without works is dead. And I always used to think about that and I think, well, you know, works, it's, it's, it's religion and it's all this. And, you know, it's not about ticking boxes and all this kind of stuff. We can't climb a ladder to God. And, and that's how I used to think about that statement. Faith without works is dead. But it's kind of like faith without obedience of the instruction leads to nothing. We need to have obedience. We need to have action to the instruction. Our faith needs to lead us into obedience. And obedience is the action to what God is calling us to do. So we need to have that work. We need to have that obedience. We need to implement that into our life. We need to be people who are being obedient. And the third thing is this. Elijah experienced the provision and the miracles of God. Elijah's, Elijah's obedience, this is what I love about his story too. This is, this is incredible that Elijah's obedience didn't just provide him with the provision. His obedience didn't just provide him with the miracle. We see that Elijah's obedience provided the widow with the food. God, the, the, Elijah's obedience was the provision this woman needed to survive. Elijah rocked up to her house from being obedient, and therefore God provided the food for this woman. Sometimes our obedience, church, isn't just about us. It's about the people that we're going to come into contact with when we go where God is calling us to go. Now, I can only speak out of my own experience. I can only speak out of what God has called me to and what I have done in my life and and I, I, I want to share with you this story and I think it ties in with this when I was younger I used to hear so many preachers and so many people speak about these miracles and these amazing provisions that God had done for them and I used to sit there and I would think like when's my time when am I going to see those miracles when am I going to you know do those things and see that amazing provision of God and everything like that. And, and it just, you know, it wouldn't happen until I kind of heard the instruction, was obedient to the instruction, and then I started to see the miracles. And I, I started to live with this pattern. And so uh, when God called us to go to America, when God called, instructed us to go to America and we were obedient, we were open to the provision of God. And just like in this story, we see... Elijah's obedience being the provision for this woman, providing provision for this woman. It was one uh, festival that we were playing at in in uh, in middle of Texas. It's called Rock the Desert. It's the first year that we played there, and um, we were playing on like the side stage, and it was this tiny, tiny stage. And I think there would have been about twenty people in the audience, and it was in the middle of a Texan summer, and it was very hot. And uh, we'd done the show and everything like that. 
and we were standing in, in the, the merch area afterwards and people were coming up and just saying hello and things like that. And this woman come up to me and uh, you could see that she'd been crying. And uh, I was like, I didn't, I, I, I know I'm not the best singer. I didn't think I was that bad of a singer that it made you cry, but that's all right. Uh, but we could see that, I could see that she'd been crying and she comes up to me and she said this, she goes, two years ago, I lost my son. And she said, I've not felt joy since the moment that I found out that I lost my son until I walked into the tent and I heard your music. It was the first time that I have experienced joy in two years since losing my son. And I think to myself, and it's probably one of the greatest uh, impactful moments of this last uh, season of our lives of doing verses, um, that I can remember this, this encounter with this woman. And I think to myself, if I hadn't no, been obedient to the instruction, would have that woman experienced joy as soon as she did? And I, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you this morning. Your obedience can lead to a miracle for someone else. And so that's what we, we are looking at in the life of Elijah, this pattern. Instruction, obedience, and provision. I want to go down to chapter 18 and we're going to look to where it gets super cool now for Elijah. And it's called the contest on Mount Carmel. And I'm not going to read through the whole thing, otherwise we're going to uh, miss the good beach time. But um, I'm going to read a little bit of it. And it just, again, just shows us how this pattern in Elijah's life leads to uh, greater miracles, greater and greater miracles. In, it's interesting when we look at it, the first miracle is just uh, Elijah and God when God was feeding him through the ravens. The next miracle was Elijah and a family. And then this miracle we're gonna look at right now is Elijah and hundreds and hundreds of people who experienced the goodness of God. It says this in verse 18, later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. There's the instruction. And straight away we see the obedience in verse 2 when it says, So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. We're going to skip now, now, now to verse 17. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Ezra, who are supported by Jezebel. Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. I think that's an encouragement for someone, some, some people today. You need to make the decision to follow God. You need to make the decision that this is who you're going to follow. You can't have two your feet in both camps. You need to make the decision to follow the Lord this morning. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish to and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood altar, but not set fire to it. 
Then call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God and all the people agreed. We go on and, and uh, we see that the, the prophets of Baal set up their altar and they set up the bull and uh, they start beginning to pray and they start beginning to shout out and dance around the altar and they, they call out to Baal and, and he just doesn't answer them. Because what, it, what, what, it, what they are expecting is that Baal is going to answer them and he's going to send fire on the wood and set fire to the wood. But the more they dance, the more they shout, it seems the quieter Baal is. He doesn't answer them and, and Elijah starts to mock them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or he's relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or he's asleep and needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but there was still no sound, no reply, no response. Then Elijah called the people over, come here. They all crowded around him. I'm going to skip to verse 36 and it says, At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me, answer me, so these people will know that you are O Lord, our God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. Church, Elijah lived a life that brought glory to God. He didn't want any glory to himself. He wasn't worried that people would think that he was good. He wasn't worried that people would think that he was mighty. All he wanted to do was God to answer him so that they would see the glory of God. So they would see how good God is. We need to be the same people. We need to be people who live our lives for the glory of God. Everything we do turns people's eyes to Jesus, just like Elijah did. We need to be people who are pointing people to Jesus. Doesn't matter how we feel, doesn't matter how good we look, how mighty we look, it's all about Jesus. Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Church, this morning, this pattern that I'm drawing our attention to, of instruction, obedience, and provision is going to allow us to see the miracles of God. It is going to allow us to see the goodness of God as we see in this story. And I encourage you to go back and read the full story when you have time of Elijah and just how much he lives by this. He hears the voice of God. He's focused on the voice of God. He obeys the instruction of God and then he sees the miracle and he sees the provision. And I believe that that's for us this morning too, church. I believe that we can see the goodness of God. We just need to hear his voice. We need to position ourselves in a place to hear his voice. We need to be obedient to what he is calling us to do. And then we are going to see the provision of God in our lives. 
I want to encourage you as we just move into a time of worship this morning, that if you need to make that decision and you need to make a, a choice to position yourself to hear from Him, if you need the courage to be obedient, I'm going to just pray that God gives you that courage this morning, that he, you will start to hear His voice, you will start to hear His instruction, and that you are going to experience the love and the provision and the miracles of Jesus. Lord God, we come before you right now and we thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Lord God, as we look at Elijah's life and how he lived, Lord God, may we live in the same way. May we be people who hear your voice, we obey your voice, and then we see the provision and your goodness, Jesus. Lord God, give us the courage to step out. Give us the faith, Lord, to do what we need to do. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Be with us this week. Let us hear your voice. Let us obey you. And let us see your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.